0: What's up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Perfection Unfolding with me, Kara G. And I am coming to you live, not live, whatever, pre recorded from a hotel room in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My mom is currently sleeping behind me in a queen size uh, bed. So I'm talking a little softer today, but maybe this is like giving ASMR, I don't know, like sexy phone operator vibes. only in my dreams i'm sure but today i'm grateful for a working car today i'm grateful for a mind that i have access to and i say that because today i'm doing something a little bit different today instead of like last week going on you know a rant reading my journal i wrote something for you guys And I'm not going to tease it too much. I'm just going to get right into it. But I hope you like it. And I'm going to play around more with the style of how I do this show because A, there's no rules. And B, I want to know what resonates more with you guys. If you like the things that I do more off the cuff, or if you like when I read you things that I've written with more concise thoughts and, you know, (laughs) vocabulary. That being said, I'm going to get into today's. Main event because I think it's kind of long. Um, here we go. As I sat down to record today's episode, the concept of how to navigate change in a graceful way has been swirling around in my head. If you've listened to the first three episodes, I've mentioned a time or t- a time or two how over the last couple of months I've been going through what on paper would seem to be one of the most difficult, heartbreaking, and life-altering chapters of my life. Though all of those things are true, what's been blowing my mind is how, because I've laid the foundation of building trust with myself, getting clear on what my values are, knowing what's for me and how I want to be treated, and putting in the time and effort to become my intuition's biggest fan and supporter, I feel so at peace with everything that's happened. I feel aligned in every choice I've made, every way I've pivoted, and I feel the most at peace on my journey as I ever have. Knowing all this, I wanted to kind of reverse engineer how I got here, looking back on how I've laid my foundation and with what. What tools did I use? How did I practice using those tools? What was the catalyst for this healing that has given me the gift of knowing myself so deeply that no matter what happens, I trust myself to navigate adversity and pivot with grace. I mean, to be totally transparent, if it wasn't already known, I'm not a perfect person. At least not in not in the egoic human sense, right? This is perfection unfolding, right? <laughs> But just because I feel at peace with everything my life has thrown at me in the last couple of months, doesn't mean I haven't spent hours and hours and hours crying over what's happened to me, <laughs> mulling over the ifs, ands, buts, the could couldhaves, and ofs. obsessing over what ifs, obsessing over what ifs and if onlys. I've done all of that and then some. My journal is well-versed in all of my anxiety-induced future tripping and unhelpful callbacks to the past, thinking and analyzing signs and flags I might have missed on my journey leading to a massive hurt that I convinced myself I might have been able to avoid. (laughs) That is how I process, and I don't think that's a bad or unhelpful trait. It helps me organize my thoughts and feelings, usually anger and sadness, and cultivate more self-awareness. I always like to look at my side of the street before I complain or wage war on someone else's garbage. Sometimes I've got shit on my side too, but I do my best to take full ownership of it when I can. What I think is important about my journey and story though is how up until about a year or two ago, I was a people pleaser who would overthink and underfeel my way through my struggles and heartbreak, always putting the experience of others at the forefront The experience of other friends, other family members, other partners, always trying to fix and figure out the best way to move forward when conflict arises, always reading books and doing research and self-reflecting on my behavior, how I showed up and what I could do better, taking the blame for disconnection and avoiding conflict at all costs. Ultimately, always finding the best way to shapeshift myself into what they wanted and who they needed me to be especially to keep the peace, because peace is and always has been my number one goal. And if reaching peace is my skill, then I have to be the one to bring it to the table, right? I have to be the understanding one, the one who holds so much space for others that I get crushed by it, never expressing how I don't actually have the strength to carry it. In the past, my answer would have been a resounding and resentful filled, resentment filled, yes. But I'm no longer that person. I no longer view my life as a second-rate experience, always putting others before me. I no longer view myself as a dumb person, always relying on the opinions of others to lead me. I no longer squeeze and shrink myself into shapes that feel unnatural to me just to play a background character in someone else's life. I am no longer a subscriber to that self-sabotaging and secretly manipulative martyrdom behavior. No, thank you very much. As you can imagine, this shift is how I view this shift in how I view myself has come with a price. It's led to a lot of change in my external life and in my relationships. It's led to lost friends, situationships, business partners, lovers, family members, and even jobs. Step one. Get curious about yourself and ask better questions. These external consequences and fallings out didn't just come out of nowhere, though. They were merely the fruit of a change I made internally. After reaching a point where I was finally tired of being depressed, finally tired of having shitty relationships and feeling small, finally tired of disassociating from my life and continuing to do things I didn't like or want to partake in, I started changing the questions I asked myself. I started getting curious about myself. Instead of thinking, why don't they choose me? I ask, do I even like them? Instead of asking, how can I make them happier with me? I ask, what do I want? Instead of hyper-focusing on how to help others regulate their emotions, I asked, how do I feel? These questions seem silly, kind of silly at first, but when I first started to ask them, they flipped my world on its head. They positioned me at the forefront of my life. They made what I need, think, and feel a priority for the first time. And the more questions I asked, the more curious I became about everything I'd ever chosen. It was like I woke up to myself for the first time. This newfound curiosity changed how I thought about everything and everyone in my life and ultimately showed me where I was abandoning my needs in my relationship with myself and with others. I started noticing how people treated me and how I was an active participant in that treatment. I began creating boundaries with myself on how I wanted to show up in the world and how I wanted others to show up for me. And the biggest thing I came to re- The biggest thing I came to see with clear vision were all the people I placed as main characters in my life who didn't meet my new standard for relationships. (laughs) And the worst part? It was all my fault. Step two. Take radical responsibility for your life. This was the second change I made in my journey. I took full ownership of my experience. However, I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time. Looking back, all I knew was that I had to speak on what I was feeling as my first line of defense and trying to fight tooth and nail to align more with the life I envisioned for myself. Or at the very least, how I wanted to be treated moving forward. In all honesty, I totally fumbled my way through this part of my journey. Uh, I was awkward and scared as hell for people to view me as anything other than happy, kind, and easygoing. I wanted to be the low maintenance friend that could always that you could always count on to be there for you. Always. <laughs> for reasons I'm sure have to do with how I was raised, I was convinced that having any needs whatsoever made me a burden. That if I wasn't actually totally in- autonomous and able to handle everything I put on my plate, it meant I was too much and ultimately unlovable. <laughs> it feels insane to even type that out because it sounds ridiculous to me now. I also know that I didn't actively think those things about myself, but I most definitely felt them, even if they were never overtly thought or said. Even though all of that was true for me, and I was scared shitless to show up for myself in this new empowered way, I knew no matter what happened moving forward, I had to advocate for myself. And at the very least, I wanted to give the people in my life the opportunity to meet me in my new standard. Because again, it wasn't their fault that I was a people pleaser. It wasn't their fault that I had no boundaries or looked past their red flags. In practice, this work looked like me sending risky as hell, vulnerable ass text messages to the men I would see romantically. Asking for clarity on where I stood in their lives as a romantic partner. Only to be hit with the classic... I'm not ready for a relationship. Line. (laughs) It looked like me backing out of a podcast endeavor with a former best friend because of the stress I knew it would put on a friendship, only to be met with unkind words and an unfair ultimatum that I had no desire to bend to. It also looked like cutting off communication with my dad after expressing to him on two prior occasions how much his verbally abusive outbursts hurt me. And that I wouldn't tolerate that kind of treatment from any man, especially from my father. Each one of these experiences helped me navigate the next. Each, ex- whoa, each one of these experiences helped me navigate the next with more and more confidence. What started with me feeling brave enough to send a risky text evolved into having the guts and patience to advocate for myself in person. Though I was shaky at the in person interactions at first, sometimes allowing the other person's anger or frustration to trigger me and send me into my old, fond, people-pleasing mode, I eventually got better and better at grounding myself in the truth, with a capital T, in my truth. This knowing what was for me and what wasn't gave me the courage to end each of those relationships that no longer met my standard, a standard of love and respect as prerequisites. The more I practiced the more I learned about myself. And as I began learning more and more about myself and what I liked and valued, I began meeting my deepest truths. I began meeting my deepest wounds. And most importantly, I began meeting my inner child. (laughs) It became so clear to me that the whole time I was advocating for myself and my relationships, I was really just advocating for little me. Step three meet your inner child, and heal your relationship. This was the third change I made. I changed the way I viewed myself in the world and how I took care of myself. I was no longer just Kara. I was Big Kara and Little Kara. I realized in doing all the work and practicing all the self-care, self-awareness, self-advocating that, yes, The adult version of me was pissed at how I had let myself be treated, but the real victim was little me. The first time I had put the pieces together, that before I had woken up to all my garbage, self-sabotaging, people-pleasing, self-loathing behaviors, I was asleep at the wheel of my life, leaving little me to take control of the vehicle. The only problem is that five-year-old Kara doesn't know how to drive. (laughs) And how insane was it of me to expect a child to know how to cope with big feelings in a healthy way if there was never anyone to model it for her? I realized that I was her parent now, and the only way I could get the chaotic coping mechanisms to stop was to show her that she could trust me, big me, that I could and would keep her safe. Safe from verbal abuse, safe from men who didn't value her, safe from people who didn't actually like her or support her, safe from jobs that burn her out, even safe from simple things like staying up too late, eating unhelpful foods, and living a playless life. My mission shifted from just taking care of me to taking care of us. It was hard not to slip back into old habits, relationships, and coping mechanisms when I thought about it just being me. Taking care of me. Big me. But when little Kara came into the picture, and I thought about all the years I neglected her and put her in painful situations, I sobbed. I sobbed, and I sobbed, and I sobbed. I felt so much shame. I felt so much heartache and sorrow. (laughs) The only thing I knew I could do was apologize to her and let her know she deserved better and that I was going to do everything in my power moving forward to take care of her and her one precious life. This was the missing key for me, I think. Once I began thinking of her, everything changed. My standards were set higher. My goals and dreams got bigger. My tolerance for bullshit shrunk down to nothing. I was no longer playing games. I was no longer accepting crumbs from myself or anyone else for that matter. Peace was going to be my baseline for both of us. And I was not fucking around. (laughs) I took this work so seriously. You would have thought I became an actual overprotective mother. (laughs) It might sound insane but I invite you to meet your own inner child. For me, it totally changed the way I even speak to myself, and in turn, how I allow others to speak to me. When I mess up, I no longer beat myself up for making a mistake. I simply say, oops, you messed up, we'll try our best next time. When I eat unhealthy food, or cross one of my health boundaries, instead of berating myself and telling myself I'm a lazy piece of shit, I talk to myself the way I would comfort a child when they have big feelings about being disappointed. I tell myself some days are harder than others, to try again tomorrow, and that I can do anything I put my mind to. This mindset that everything you say to yourself, you're saying to little you, will totally fuck you up and have you rethinking everything you've ever said to yourself. Little you was perfect and innocent and is so fucking cool and creative, and cute, and sweet, and pure. They don't deserve all the pressure you put on them. And it hurts their feelings when you say they're unlovable, or too much, or too needy, or too sensitive, or that they're a bitch or a dumbass. (laughs) All these adults have totally normalized in some cases. All all things that adults have totally normalized in some cases when it comes to self-talk. This brings me to the last change, to one of the last changes in thinking I've made on my healing journey that has helped me cultivate peace and navigate change with more confidence and grace. After asking, my be- after asking myself better questions, taking radical responsibility for my life, and healing my relationship with my inner child, letting go of the fear of heartbreak has totally transformed how I show up in the world. Step four, let go of your fear of heartbreak. Before I started this work, I was so far from integrity, I wouldn't even have been able to point you in its general direction. I was a self-loathing people pleaser because I thought that if I showed myself, my true self, people wouldn't love me. I was afraid that they wouldn't choose me that I wasn't worthy of being chosen, that I would be rejected for being the imposter that I thought I was, for being unintelligent and untalented. Integrity and vulnerability weren't even words in my vocabulary because the idea of being seen and rejected felt so heartbreaking and life-threatening that I thought it would have killed me. Throughout this whole journey up until now, my heart has been shattered into infinite pieces over and over and over again. Heartbreak is inevitable. It's even promised. You cannot love or be loved without first accepting the risk of heartbreak. Great heartbreak is the price of admission for experiencing great love, and no one gets out of paying their dues. It's important for me in this work in my choosing of myself and of others, that I show up in integrity, respect, and love. A big piece of that involves me getting honest with my feelings. (laughs) My big, juicy, sensitive-ass feelings. Feelings that sometimes don't make sense, especially in some of my past romantic situations, but are still valid somehow, which is embarrassing. (laughs) But with great honesty comes great vulnerability. And I'll be the first to tell you, with great vulnerability comes great heartbreak. But the first part of knowing this is that when you, re- when you release your fear of heartbreak, you can then free yourself to practice loving as hard as you can, experience its possible heartbreak, work your way through it, come out on the other side knowing you gave it everything you had, and ultimately feeling grateful to have experienced the gift that is the totality of it all. In the practice of letting go of your fear of heartbreak, you simultaneously let go of the block that keeps you from experiencing your greatest love. And that love will radiate through your whole life, in your relationships, in your work, in yourself. You are love and love is everything. The shadow of loving hard is feeling the heartbreak in its absence. But I think that's why we're here to feel everything, to love our to love to our highest degree and feel so grateful to have had the opportunity when that love is lost. That is why I feel so at peace in my body, mind, and soul. I am no longer afraid of loving out loud with my full chest. I am not afraid of heartbreak. My heart has been broken more times than I can count, but I refuse to let that harden me. I refuse to let that harden my heart. It is an act of rebellion to stand grounded in my vulnerability. To actively choose to remain soft in a hardened world. I am no longer afraid of anything because I know who I am and what I stand for. I know what I value and what I desire. Heartbreak won't keep me from that. Ignorant and emotionally immature people won't keep me from that. Traumatized children who turn into hateful adults won't deter me from my path. I am love. I am light. I am magic. I am integrous. I am respectful. I am vulnerable. I am free. I am free from the veil that keeps us asleep to who we actually are and what we are here to do. I am free from the shackles of self-hatred. I am free from the lie that I can't do whatever I want and create the life of my dreams. I am free from the fear of heartbreak. I am free to trust myself in times of uncertainty and know that whatever I choose will work out for my highest good so long as it aligns with my values and what is most aligned with what little me and big me think is good for us. I think the main takeaway and how I've gotten to where I am today. Is that I have done this work. I have taken these reverse engineered steps and built a reputation with myself and with the universe that tells me I can trust my choices with my full chest. I think that in the midst of all the chaos that has unfolded in my life in the last couple of months, i.e., a breakup, a lost job, a leap into entrepreneurship, a move across the country, I'm finding myself at peace. Because with every bump in the road, I no longer see it as a life-threatening problem. I see it for what it is. A bump. Before I made these changes and before I gained this this awareness, this self-trust and love I have for myself now... Wait, let me reread that. I see it for what it is. A bump. Before I made these changes and before I gained the awareness, self-trust and love I have for myself now... I didn't have any tools for dealing with discomfort. But most importantly, I didn't have any confidence in myself to be able to get around the bump. In the past, I would have ruminated over the bump. I would have tried to see how I could fix it and obsess over whether the bump was there to tell me something ominous about my future. Now, if I see a bump, I notice it. Acknowledge that it's not a part of, that. It's just a part of the journey. Keep trekking on my aligned path. Live in my truth pivot when it's time to change course, and sit in gratitude for being alive to experience it all. (sighs) I've typed all this out as I sit in a hotel room in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's my first stop on a five-day road trip out to California where I'm about to start a new chapter of my story in the mountains. The other day, I realized it's the first time I've ever moved anywhere where I'll be completely alone. No friends. No family, no lover, (laughs) just me. I hadn't thought about it until a night or two before I left. If I think about it too long, it kind of freaks me out. The passage of time freaks me out. Not knowing when I'll see my friends or family freaks me out. Not knowing if or when I'll ever see the man I love again freaks me out. The passage of time is a wild thing to think about. But what feels aligned for me trumps all those feelings. I still full send my choice and my choices. I still full send my desires and dreams for my life. I refuse to let the fear of heartbreak keep me from taking risks, from going big and knowing that everything is going to be okay. I don't fear the future. I fear a life unlived. Change doesn't scare me anymore. Struggle doesn't scare me anymore. Heartbreak doesn't scare me anymore. I do my best to live in the now. The now and death are the only two things we can really count on. So living and thinking about a future that doesn't exist isn't helpful. All that said, I hope you find the courage to get curious about yourself and your needs. To take responsibility for your part in your unhappiness and in your happiness. To take care of little you and big you. To let go of your fear of heartbreak and failure. To set yourself free to live your life out loud with all the love in the world. So much so that you find change to be an exciting endeavor and not a debilitating one. I think you'll find that doing it all with grace Is just the cherry on top of the Sunday that is your life when you do this work. I hope these steps help you. I'm sending you so much love, strength, and healing on your journey back to you. And if you got anything out of this episode, please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. I want this to be an experience that helps you. I want my experience to you know, we all hope that our experience has some kind of value in it. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep sharing, um, because it's important for me. And I know that if I can, if my story resonates with one person and helps one person, then it's not for nothing. And so with that, I hope you have a wonderful week. Follow the pod on Instagram at perfection unfolding pod. I'm posting, quotes that i find i'm posting clips from the episodes that are shareable you can follow me at carrie g campbell on instagram follow the pod on youtube at perfection unfolding with carrie g and i will talk to you guys next tuesday love you bye